0: Jai Shivai. Today, we are going to talk about the solution of those nine problems which we discussed in the previous video. That uh, the happens, and uh, vyadhi happens, pramad happens to people, alat bhumit happens to people. Anavastheta state happens to people. So there were total nine problems that can happen to people. Bhranti Gyan was one of them. So now we know the problems and how they can impact what they are and how they can impact the growth of a spiritual seeker. So then Patanjali says, what can be done about it? Right? So we have chitritis to remove, and on top of that, these nine additional problems are there. Uh, How do you remove these just these nine? Okay. So the solution that he said was that you have to start chanting Oh why? Now, that's, just, that's the beginning of a very long discussion actually. Why you should chant the name of Paramatma? Name of the God. Why you should chant that? So, first thing is that we need to understand that Parmatma, Divine God, has its own name. We have a lot of names of different manifestations of Paramatma, right? There's thirty-three million gods, thirty-three million shaktis and devis and devatas and angels and samadhi gurus and gurus and sad gurus and ali gurus and whatnot. Manifestation and having lot of different names is a completely different thing, but the real name. Nijnam, in Sanskrit, we call it Nijnam. So the real name of Paramatma is actually Om. Okay, so that is one reason you should be chanting it. But you can say that a lot of people chant Om. Still, they don't go anywhere. Nothing happens to them. I mean, no spiritual growth happens to them. And uh, these nine things can also be seen in those people. So, how can we make sure? Is it that because they are chanting in a wrong way, or is it that there is something wrong with the way they are doing it? So, about that, Patanjali says, see, you cannot chant anything or anybody's name or anything without. Understanding them in completion, without understanding them properly. And how will you understand Paramatma? How will you understand Divine? That's where we have to read Vedas and Upanishads. That's the purpose. To show you who or what it is. So, for example, if I do a experiment right now with you and I say, if I, if I say a word, you just, you just think of it, okay? So, let's say pencil, candle, kite, fire, water. So you see what the image, what is the image that you get in your pencil? Whichever pencil you guys might have used the most comes to your mind. Right? And uh, whichever, when I said candle, lot of people might have seen a burning candle. Some of the people might have visualized in their mind or may have recalled the memory of Candles, packed candles in a packet, not burning candle. Just the candles in a packet or candle single candle that is not burning. So you see how the meaning of what you are saying matters. And it matters a lot. So when you chant om, are you really able to perceive its meaning? If not, then you will you will just reduce it to that it's just nine hundred and thirty six frequency hertz sound, and uh, it's the highest note on piano. We will come back to all these technicalities of ohm sound that we are making. So we will re- are we reducing Paramatma or the divine to just this technicality? Is that what Paramatma is? Only because you are not able to understand Paramatma in its completion All different characteristics of Paramatma Like Paramatma is omnipresent What is meant by that? You don't understand that? Paramatma is the creator You don't understand that Just saying it you because you don't understand that and that's the reason you are not able to connect the meaning to the name Oh, It's the same thing as if say for example um, there is a person named Deepak suppose someone's name is Deepak and I say who is Deepak? So then if we say Okay, he has um, two hands, two feet, two eyes, two ears, one brain, a body which is like five feet, nine inches. Is this enough introduction of Deepak actually? (laughs) Is this enough introduction of a person? Is this the entire description of a person? Now, if you have anybody in your life by this name, just recall their name. And see what comes to you. Most of the time, whenever somebody talks about somebody, two people are talking about a third person, or you are recalling anybody in your mind, you are least bothered about these technicalities that they have one body, two hands, two eyes, and they two ears, and you know, complexion, and this, and then you are least bothered about it. Instead, how do you connect to another person through their name? How do you connect to them? Your feelings come, right? There is an emotional flow that happens in you when we take someone's name. It could be your parent's name, your lover's name, your child's name. So you see what is invoked with their name? is not just a technicality, is not just technical stuff. That is not what is invoked when we say the name of a person. The entire personality, who he or she is, is what is invoked in you. To the extent you have known the person, is what is invoked in you. And to the extent you have known to the person, you will have a reaction in yourself. That much amount of energy will connect with that person through the name, right? Suppose you hate somebody, you don't like somebody. They're just very annoying to you. Take their name in your head. Just recall them, just by the name. All kinds of emotionally annoying energy will happen in you all the dislike, the dvesha will start coming out, an aversion will start coming out, right? But nothing like this is happening when you chant Om. you're just chanting it merely as a sound, you're just making sound. This is not Japa. This is not called as Japa. This is not called as chanting at all. Chanting is not about making the sound. Chanting is more about connecting to the meaning of the name. Connecting to the goal, aim of the name. When I say gun, when I say arrow, when I say river, when I say mountain, you are not connecting, you are not, I am not making just sounds. You are able to connect to that larger thing. You are able to connect to that. Because you have seen it. Because you have experienced mountains, rivers and pen and pencil and gun and arrow and whatever. You have experienced them. You have known them. So now it's a chicken and egg situation. You haven't seen Paramatma. (laughs) So you can make an excuse that yes, I haven't seen Paramatma and I don't know. So that's why I don't know. That's why I'm not able to connect to. Which is a fair enough problem. (laughs) Right? But try to be a deep thinker here. Try to be a scientific gyani here. A person who has a high intellect but his way of life is scientific, experimental. So every machine that you see today, every computer or robot that you see today, somebody has visualized them. So can you not know anything by reading about it? We do. A lot of people read about a lot of things and then they have jnana about it and then they go towards it then they want to uh, do it, then they want to indulge into it. Right? Can this not be the same thing? Can we not read, study, do chintan, manan, thinking, in understanding the whole soul meaning of what Paramatma actually is? And then the moment you say "Om," you will find that before even your "Om" completes, you are actually connected to Paramatma. You are actually connected to the divine. You are actually connected connected to that super self or supreme self. You are actually connected to it. If you understand. It in its entirety. Now the question comes. What if someone doesn't want to chant OM? Or their name for Paramatma is different in different religion. What if it is different? Well, fine. No problem. No problem. After all, tree is called as something else. In Russian language, in German language, in French language, in Spanish, in Sanskrit. Right? Tree can have so many different words for it. But, if you are attaching the right meaning to it, then it doesn't matter what you chant to connect to that divine. To find that connection with him. It does not matter what you chant. To an extent. It won't matter what you chant. And uh, till the time your meaning is right. But the problem is that meaning is not right. In lot of cases. A guru, anybody who has taken the body to execute anything in this life is not Paramatma, is not the Supreme Self. So if that is your idea of Paramatma, God, Divine and you are chanting that name, sorry you are not reaching where you are supposed to reach. You may experience devotion, you may experience heightened state of love but you won't reach samadhi. Parmatma we say is omnipresent. Why will why does he need to take a body to do anything? So there are some in Vedas, in Upanishads, there are some very specific characteristics of Paramatma which we need to study, which we need to know. Not anybody who went into Samadhi, who has had Samadhi in their life, had enlightenment, self-realization in their life, regardless of which religion they did they, actually what religion was started on their name. Anybody who has human body has reached God, has reached Paramatma, has never become Paramatma. Paramatma is still stayed who or or what he is we dissolve we as humans dissolve into it our self our self dissolves into that supreme self after the nirvikalpa samadhi when the state of cavalium is achieved when dharma samadhi has happened We dissolve into it. It's like, say for example, you have a cube of sugar and you put it in water. Sugar is melt, sugar is gone. What remains is just water. But if you scientifically look at it, scientifically if you analyze this phenomena, then you will see sugar is still there in the water as sugar. Water is still being water despite the dissolution of sugar. This is what Samadhi or the end of Samadhi or the Kavalyam state is. So we the self dissolve into that yet stay who we are. Not from the asmita point of view, but the body point of view. Paramatma doesn't need to take any body. Right? Paramatma has so many other gun, like he's a rakshak savior. That is another characteristic of Paramatma, one of the characteristics of Paramatma. That he's a savior, but not the kind of savior that modern religion has imagined it to be that a saviour will come and save you as if whatever is given to you is not enough to save yourself, right? So this intellect is of no use, this body is of no use, This, uh, these five senses are of no use, your chitta is of no use. So this, if this is just so useless that it needs somebody else to save and that too in human form. <laughs> so all that is just bullshit so Vedas describe Paramatma as rakshak savior but not from this standpoint Paramatma is a rakshak in the way savior in the way that you have been given a body you have been given a human birth you have been given a sane mind you have been given senses To do whatever is needed. To save yourself. You have been given all the tools to save yourself. Now saving yourself is your journey. You make it or fake it or break it. Or don't do it. It's totally up to you. Right? You have been given everything. So nobody from outside is going to come and save us in fact sun is given to us so we can stay alive moon is given to us day and nights are happening and our universe is functioning for what to protect this body isn't it if just for 24 hours sun gets lost the earth will be frozen if just for one uh, 24 hours. If moon is lost, the tides will happen all around, and the planet will be destroyed. So, if one thing goes wrong, you cannot, we cannot survive this body. But nothing is going wrong, except the what we do to ourselves. So, Paramatma is a Raksha. So, chanting O. Oh chanting Om is the chanting the name of the Paramatma and not just chanting connecting to the meaning of it every time you chant it only then it's a solution to remove all those mind problems only then it's a solution to remove your chitvratis otherwise it doesn't matter whether you chant om or you say swear words if you are not connecting to the meaning of it it does not matter in the swear words in other languages have you seen they do not have that kind of an impact on you the way the swear words in your language may happen until unless you live in that language country or culture And then you will start grasping the meaning culturally and you understand that, okay, somebody somebody actually (laughs) said a bad thing to me. (laughs) Otherwise, when you first time, first few times when you hear it, it just doesn't feel that bad to you because that word is not, you don't find connected to it. But if a swear word is said to you in your own language, it will aggravate you. It will make you angry instantly. You will have a reaction instantly. So your connection is instant with that word. I cannot have any other silly example (laughs) to make you understand. (laughs) But yeah. See how... Finding, chanting something and not understanding without understanding its meaning in its entirety will not create a connection and if there is no connection oh you can chant whole life you can waste entire birth nothing is going to happen actually so that is one thing okay so we reduce the japa the chanting to the vibrationary level sound frequency level only and only because you are not able to connect to the meaning yet when we say kali when we say jab, do the japa of any beach mantra say Shreem. if you're not able to connect to the energy connect to who or what mahalakshmi is and chanting that mantra is useless I have had this incident where I taught uh, this mantra to somebody and uh, they couldn't find the connection so they in the end they thought let me just do the chanting or the reading of Lalita Nama. those are the um, thousand names of goddess so I said you know why you are de- doing it so they didn't realize that why they are doing it. Why, why they moved from this to that? Because they couldn't feel the goddess. They couldn't identify the goddess just with the word shrine. So we have to tell them in thousand names we have to use. That goddess is this also, goddess is that also, goddess is here, goddess is there. In all different forms and rupas and namas, we have to explain all the thousand characteristics of goddess to identify one goddess. So you see, doing a japa without any meaning without connecting to its meaning is completely useless and Patanjali made sure you understand this while on the yogic path I met a person came to know about him he talked to me many times he was chanting Vishnu Sahastranam, thousand name of Lord Vishnu every day for 16 years Nothing happened. You are making just sound using this sound apparatus without connecting to its meaning. Until when I say pencil, if a beautiful handwriting of somebody or a love letter Or a poetry that a pencil can write. Or a novel that a pencil can write. Or a sketch that a pencil can make. Until you go to that level. Till then pencil is just lead and wood. In a hand made up of bones, muscles and blood and whatever. That's it. So you can chant pencil, pencil, pencil. Poetry is not going to happen to you. You can chant pencil, pencil, pencil. story is not going to happen to you. You can chant pencil, pencil, pencil. Sketching is not going to happen to you. It's the same thing with Japa. So only when the name of God is chanted with meaning, by connecting to its meaning, finding that connection with him, Only then chanting has any benefit to you. And then definitely these nine things are removed. Right? And now you can say, oh, somebody was chanting Om with a lot of meaning attached to it. Yet they are sick, physically sick, and the sickness is not being removed. Then in those cases, you do need to understand that you are cleaning up a very large area with a small broom. So it may take years and then intensity, a lot of intensity. It requires a lot of consistency to have an impact. And this is true for Siddhis as well, powers as well. If you are chanting something without understanding its meaning, without connecting to the Artha, the meaning of it, it's useless. You won't get any Siddhi. No matter how much you cry for it, you won't get it. Second thing that is a solution. So this is the first solution. It has to be implemented. Okay. And the second solution is Ishwar Pranidhan. Ishwar Pranidhan is more like having bhakti. (laughs) Having devotion towards Ishwar. And mind it devotion is not blind how can somebody is going into devotion with Paramatma divine the supreme power the supreme self somebody is going into that and not having jnana, not having uh, intellect not having buddhi not having any wisdom in life sorry If you think devotion is just a blind thing and blind belief on God and this and that, no, devotion is not blind at all. Devotion is a complete trust. People don't have that. Everything that they, they think is that it's their doing, they are doing it, they have to do it. You no? Know? And on the name of devotion, you cannot just sit here and say, Okay, I am devoted and let Parmatma do everything. Let me get Samadhi and Dhyana by Parmatma. I won't do anything at all. No, that is not devotion. Someday I will create a... We will discuss in detail what actually devotion is. But let me tell you a small story. There was a village. And... Uh, no rain happened for a long time so the crops died and people thought oh let's just do prayer let's pray to God that let rain happen and everybody started going towards gathering at one place a lot of people gathered the entire village gathered thousands of people gathered to do a prayer to ask God so that it can rain so that and then a lot of people were going and they thought that Paramatma will listen to us and rain will happen a small child asked those who were going for that rain where for rain the small child she asked what, what, what are you doing Where is everybody going? They said, oh, rain will happen and because we are going to pray to Paramatma. So rain will happen and uh, that's what the purpose is. So that drought can be, drought situation can be gone and we can have our crops growing and all that. So he explained. So she said, but nobody is taking their umbrella with them. This is how your bhakti is, praying without any devotion within, no trust within. And the story says that that girl took umbrella very seriously. She went home, got an umbrella and then went there. Prayer happened, rain happened right there and she had an umbrella. This is called as atut vishwas unbroken faith, unbroken, unshakable, undoubtful faith on God. But your faith, you, you, you it just keeps on breaking. Breaking. It's very easy to actually shake you from your faith. Very easy. You'll go to your puja house. You will go to your go to the temple and. Um, Very, you will do all pujas and everything, and when you come back again, you are worried about something. Why? Where did Paramatma go now? Where did that that trust go now? It's this, it's this asmita, this ahem, this asmita identity based thing that says, I am about to do everything, I am about to do everything, I am doing it. Well, (laughs) keep trying. So devotion gives you lot of gyan, lot of wisdom because the more closer, the closer you move towards sun, the more the heat it will give you, isn't it? So the more you move towards Paramatma, if Paramatma is Super gyani, we call it Sarv That Paramatma is Sarv He's He's one, one entity that knows everything, that has knowledge about everything. So when you are going towards that, towards it, how come you are not absorbing some Ghyana? So devotion is not blind, faith is not blind. If it is blind then there is something wrong in you, it cannot be blind, it has the eyes to see all that cannot even be seen by your eyes beyond the perception of all three eyes that we have got Divines, Paramatmas, gyan is way beyond that. So the more the devotion happens in you, the more the intensity will increase towards Samadhi. The more you have devotion unbroken faith unbroken unshakable faith the more you have this it's easier to move into samadhi because there that faith that devotion in you will suppress will remove these nine obstacles major nine obstacles Because these nine obstacles are on top of chitvrithis that you have to remove. So these nine things will not let you remove chitvrithis. Then there is no progress on a spiritual path, forget about it. Okay. In this life, I never had these nine things. I wasn't born with these nine things. These nine things did not happen to me. And I was born with unshakable faith in me. Unshakable faith. It's just that initially in my life I was not able to verbalize it, define it clearly in words. But none of these nine things ever happened to me. Even the Anavasthitva that I explained uh, yesterday one of the nine problems which was about not being able to retain your state so when first time Samadhi happened to me Sampragyat Sabhich Samadhi happened to me in uh, 2011 when it happened I realized that I cried actually that I oh why did my Samadhi's broken but just in two three hours couple of hours I was ready No. There is definitely something in me that has broken that. And I need to focus and pay attention on what is broken. So unshakable faith. And it will be tested a lot. A lot of time this divine faith will be tested in you. While you are walking your spiritual journey. So chanting properly and Ishwar Pranidhan, Bhakti, Devotion. Are the two things that take you towards Samadhi? Now you may ask those who are do not have de- devotion, what about them? There are a lot of uh, people actually, those who are atheist, can they not walk e- spiritual journey? Patanjali says yes, they can. They can walk a spiritual journey. And but then if Paramatma is not the goal. If divine, Brahma, Paramatma is not the goal, then their goal would be to have peace, to become pure, to have silence, to have a nice life, good life, to have a good body, right? If you are not making that ultimate goal, Paramatma as your ultimate goal, then you can only go so far. You will definitely reach, you will definitely become very pure. You will be able to remove your chitvritis. But the moment the result of pureness happens, purity happens, sattva happens in you, the the more you become silent and peaceful, you will just stop there. Right? If I am thinking going from Melbourne to Los Angeles, then that's where I will go. But if I make my goal all the way from Melbourne to just Sydney, I'll stop at Sydney. Why will I go to LA? So it is like that. Paramatma's name is the sadhan, is the means to reach the Paramatma. Paramatma in itself is the lakshya, goal. His name is the means. So using that means, bhakti is the means, Paramatma is the goal. So if your goal is misplaced or is not there because you are in atheist, then you will become a very nice person, very clean person. Samadhi is not going to happen. Samadhi does not happen. The only goal of Samadhi is moksha. And the only goal of Samadhi is to actually become sugar and be in do not be become non-existent and attain the cavalium state, cavalier state. Okay, where only Paramatma exists, you don't. So this is the case with atheist people, people those who are not, those who do not have devotion in them, those who, who do not understand that there is something bigger than them. There is something else. Some supreme power is there. Those who do not understand these things. Samadhi is not going to happen. They will definitely reach extreme states of uh, purity. Extreme states of dhyana will happen to them. Samadhi won't. Okay. So hope you understand these two solutions. And you do implement these solutions. To stay away from those dirty nine problems, silly nine problems. Let those nine problems do not happen to you so you can focus more and more on just removing your clished peace. Okay? And if you have questions or if you need help, you can reach out to us. Namaste. Jai Shivaya.